The Last Word with Matt Cooper. I'm going to talk about Malcolm MacArthur. Again, we've spoken about him recently, possibly because he may be Ireland's most famous murderer. But the author Mark O'Connell has produced a fascinating book called A Thread of Violence. And it's based on lengthy conversations and meetings that he's had with the murderer, Malcolm MacArthur. Mark, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Thanks very much, Matt. He's a man I'd recognise walking around near here, mm-hmm. where we are in today, if I'm on, and have in the decade or so since he's been released from prison. And I've often thought of stopping and talking to him, and I sort of was put off maybe by the idea of remembering, well, he is responsible for two people having been killed. Mm. What persuaded you to stop him, talk to him, get to know him, and then write about him? I suppose the short answer is curiosity, you know? Like you, I would have seen him around uh, not infrequently, particularly in the period after he was let out of prison. And I, I suppose I came at it from a slightly unusual angle in that I uh, did a PhD back in uh, the late 2000s, early 2010s on the work of John Banville, who <clears throat> wrote, uh, of course, famously, The Book of Evidences. Which may actually be John's best book. I, I think it may, yeah, it, it may well be. Uh, certainly, it's, it's probably his best known one. And uh, it's, you know, loosely but recognisably based yeah. on MacArthur and the uh, terrible murders that he committed in 1982 of Bridie Gargan and Donald Dunn and uh, you know I, I would see him around and you know on a couple of occasions I saw him as I was walking out of the library having spent you know the better part of a day uh, reading about this fictional version of him and, and, and writing about you know Banville's fictional representation so I was very fascinated by um, at first this sort of tension between the fictional and, and, and the real person and I, and I wanted to get to know uh, that that real person. It took many many years for me to actually get to the point of of doing it. But I suppose, as, as I said, you know, the, the initial answer was curiosity. And you know, I can understand why you might have been stopped because there is a kind of a there's an emotional and existential and moral barrier between someone like you or I who have not committed murder, have not done the worst possible thing, uh, and someone who has. You know, there's a real chasm there. But at the same time. That person is also a human being. All of these horrible, uh, you know, at times almost unthinkable things are within the bounds and within the realms of human nature. Um, so, you know, as, as a writer, my curiosity kind of overwhelms any other sensibility, you know. And how did you persuade him to sit down with you? Um, in some ways, it was easier than I thought it might be. I was quite naive when I set out to, to do this, to write this book, I was quite naive about how steeply and how high the odds were stacked against him agreeing to speak to me. Um, you know, as, as you, I'm sure, know, uh, and as I didn't fully understand at the time, he has turned down any number of journalists and any number of filmmakers and, and documentary people and, and so on over the years um, for the simple reason that uh, the uh, conditions of his release um, strongly discourage him from speaking to members of the media. Uh, I'm not a member of the media as such. I'm not, uh, you know, a journalist. I, when I spoke to him, I presented myself as as an essayist, which is how I think of myself. And it's a slightly, you know, pretentious sounding way to describe oneself to to, to anyone. But you uh, do come from a different sort of sensibility. I, to I guess the way I the do. Journalists would have. I, I, I do, yeah, and I, I you know, uh, in in ways that are both advantageous and not. You know, I don't have the set of skills that a journalist would have. I don't. Uh, I'm not a reporter as such. 
so, yeah, I think that sort of gave him the sense that, okay, I'm not a crime writer, I'm not a tabloid person, I'm not going to be coming at it from quite the same angle as those people. And I think that was enough of a, you know, that opened the door enough that he was able to, to say yes. And, and from there we, we talked you know, pretty extensively. Over yeah, how much time did you get to spend with him and over how long a period? Um, we had, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many conversations we had, certainly in the, in the dozens, um, and they often lasted for, for hours and hours, you know, um, because uh, he would just talk, you know, uh, in, in a lot of ways. One of the, I suppose, reasons why he might have agreed to talk to me was that he was lonely. Uh, he saw me as someone who uh, was opening to, to listening to his story, and, and I use that word uh, advisedly. Um, we talked, yeah, we talked for, for many, many hours um, over the course of, um, well, the, the span of the book is about a year, just over a year, um, and so, you know, uh, I suppose, yeah. But what did you, you know, talk about? Because you must have spoken about many things, did you, other than the actual murders themselves? Well, he knew that I wanted to, you know, he knew that I was writing a book about 1982, about the, the killings, about, and I wanted to write about his life, both before and after the murders. So he knew that I was going to do this anyway. So, you know, he, uh, from his point of view, he wanted to, as he saw it, sort of, set the record straight. But we, we spent a lot of time talking about his childhood and, and with good reason, I think, because, you know, when the murders happened, um, there was a lot of stuff that came out in the media about his upbringing um, in, in Meath on a kind of a large estate. He comes from, sort of broadly speaking, a landed gentry kind of background. Um, and a lot of stuff came out uh, in 1982, 1983, um, from people who kind of knew the family and would have, uh, been sort of tangentially connected with the family and maybe worked for them and so on. And there were all these stories about his father being violent, his mother being cold and neglectful and him having quite a, you know, privileged but quite difficult childhood. And MacArthur's um, reaction to that is that it's simply incorrect um, and that he wanted to sort of set the record straight on that. Yeah, but is he being truthful in that, do you think? It's one or? of the big questions of the book. You know, there's a lot of ambiguity in the book, both in terms of what's what's true and uh, there's a lot of moral ambiguity there's a lot of kind of gray areas in the book um i you know i present both sides in a way and i i think um from macarthur's point of view and he very sternly disagrees with this anytime i say it to him uh but i think it's very important for him to cordon off the murders that he committed um from the rest of his life the rest As of if there was some sort of aberration? Um, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to see um, those horrible, brutal acts as proceeding uh, from... as as being kind of a, a, an expression of his inner self. So, But they do sort of define his life. Well, this do they is, define his personality? This is one of the major kind of conflicts in the book where, where you know, I'm sort of frequently saying... You committed murder. You committed two murders. You are a murderer. Uh, and, you know, he would kind of say, well, let's, let's not overstate the obvious. I, I know I did these things. But he doesn't want to see himself as a murderer. He doesn't want to be defined by this kind of bizarre, uh, as he calls it, episode in his life. And that's kind of one of the, the central kind of conflicts in the book. And the- how comfortable do you feel? spending this time with somebody who committed these dreadful crimes yeah I was always you know uh, my position is kind of constantly examined in the book as you know I'm constantly kind of taking stock of the morality of what I'm doing and often very uncomfortable with it um, very uncomfortable with uh, you know getting close to someone like MacArthur and it's necessary to spend a lot of time and to to sort of get 
close in a, in a, in a way to, to someone like MacArthur when you're writing about him. Uh, and it's not always comfortable. But at the same time, as I said at the beginning, you know, he's not a monster. Yeah, but how important is it also to remember the humanity of the people that he killed? Yeah, absolutely. And there are, there, you know, uh, there are moments when <clears throat> there's a kind of strange cognitive dissonance when I'm speaking to him or he's talking about, you know, he's a very erudite and eloquent man in a lot of ways and you know I will be listening to him talk about physics or string theory or whatever it might be and you'll just suddenly have this moment of of full recognition of the sheer magnitude of what he did of the loss of those lives of the families themselves of what they have suffered and it's it's often very uh, difficult to square those things but it's a real jolt and, and, and a big part of our kind of exchanges over the time that we spent talking to each other for the book was to try and get him to um, come to uh, a, a sort of a real recognition of that. And he does, you know, it, I think there is there is remorse there. It, it's just not the kind of remorse that, um, and I explore this Sorry, is it remorse for himself as much as it is for his victims? Because he <clears> has <throat> spent the bulk of his life in prison as a result. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bit of both, I think. Um, it's not, you know, as, as I said to him on any number of occasions uh, and as I explore in the book if I had done something like what he did, if I had you know, brutally murdered two completely innocent strangers in this basically senseless and chaotic way or in any way at all 30, 40 years ago, however long ago it was, I don't think my life would you know, I would be crushed beneath the weight of those yeah. deeds. I think any person probably would say the same thing uh, and, you know, he sees himself as very stoic. He, he understands, he says, the magnitude of what he did. Um, he understands the magnitude of the loss. He feels great remorse for it, so he says. But he doesn't think that his life should be ruined by it. Um, and, you know, there's, there are moments in the book where I kind of look at it and, and, and think, you know, this man should be <laughs> on his knees weeping before God for the magnitude of his sins, you know, and uh, that's that's not what it is. But, you know, I also examine why do I want that? Why do I want that from him, from a moral point of view? Just a couple um, of things before we finish. How did he get on in prison? Because given that he was so, so different to most people who are in prison, mm. how was he treated? Or does he talk about that? Uh, he, we, we did talk about it quite a lot. There's very little about it in the book because, you know, he, he asked me not to speak about his time in prison. He's quite uh, cautious of, of angering the authorities in that way. And I okay. kind of had to respect that. But, yeah, it, broadly speaking... Um, and anyone who you speak to who uh, knew him from his time in prison, who either served with him or, or worked in, in prison, would say that he was yeah, basically a model prisoner. And he was, you know, by all accounts, I spoke to people who knew him inside. He was very well liked. He was a sort of a, uh, a, a popular um, table quiz kind of person and, and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, he, you know, in a, in a way that is quite bizarre, and I explore this in the book, he, he prides himself on his being a good citizen. Just to finish, Mark, you got a terrific book out of it, but what will you come away with from yourself out of the process of having spent this amount of time with him, as well as actually getting a book out of it? Did you get anything else out of it? I suppose, you know, it goes back to that um, initial point about curiosity. You know, I'm, I'm a writer, um, and I what that means for me to be a writer is to be someone as Susan Sontag said who is interested in everything and I am interested in everything everything that's human is a worthy subject to me and MacArthur is a lot of things but he's he's also human and that's inherently interesting
Terrific. A thread of violence. Mark O'Connell, thank you so much. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.